Have you ever felt like this? No good deed goes unpunished. Be honest. You ever felt like that? Now, you know that's an exaggeration, don't you? There's plenty of good deeds that um, are rewarded, but sometimes when you do good, you suffer for it. That's the reason for Samaritan laws, to protect do-gooders from getting punished. Veterans Day is an opportunity. The reason veterans have a day to express honor and gratitude is often they are not honored. When our soldiers came back from Nam, man, it was tremendous dishonor to these guys that put their lives on the line for the sake of our government. All I know is sometimes it seems like no good deed goes unpunished. So today's subject is when it seems like, and here's the mantra, no good deed goes unpunished. was coined by a dramatist, an American woman born in 1903, named Claire Booth Luce. She is the one credited. Some people, uh, by mistake, say um, uh, Oscar Wilde said it. In fact, there's some memes out there crediting Oscar Wilde with it, but a woman said it. No good deed goes unpunished. And often this is said to express the feeling that beneficial actions often go unappreciated or are met with hostility. These two teenage girls, at the time the picture was taken, Taylor Ostergaard and Lindsay Zalitti, wanted to bless their neighbors. So one night, instead of going to a school dance, they got together and baked lots of plates of cookies with paper hearts on top of them and began to deliver them afterwards. Because it was late in the evening, they only left the fresh-baked goods at houses with lights on. They would leave the cookies, knock on the door, and then leave. By 10.30, they pounded on the door of one home. They were still out doing their good deeds. The lights were on inside. The 49-year-old woman inside didn't answer the door, but she experienced an anxiety attack which resulted in her the next day deciding to go to the emergency room. After a trip there, she decided to sue the girls for what it cost her. The judge awarded the plaintiff $900 to cover the expenses of her emergency visit. The woman said, it, said she wanted the girls to learn a lesson because they should not have been out late at night running from door to door. Something bad could have happened to them, she said. After the story was published in the newspaper, Hundreds of readers were outraged that the girls were sued for dropping off a plate of cookies and a paper heart for their neighbors. Thousands of dollars poured in to help the girls pay their fine. Their story was reported on national news programs, and they were guests on the Saturday edition of Good Morning America. As a result of the publicity, they established a fund that was set up for their college expenses. So the good deed got punished, but then... 
something good came out of it, right? When it seems like no good deed goes unpunished, what should we do? When you're hit with that emotion, when you're hit with that feeling, when you're tempted to say, I'm never going to do anything good for anybody again, you know that's an extreme response, but it's a real emotion. What do you do? Well, there's a half a dozen things here. Oh, no, another recipe? No, you do one of them. It'll change your life. Remember, they're all things to remember. Remember our commission. It's not about us always getting blessed for our good deeds. It's about continuing the ministry of Jesus. That's what we're all about here in the book of Acts. Jesus said that all authority had been given to him in heaven and on earth. Therefore, because I have all authority, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I commanded you. Now, if we're to teach people to obey the commands of Christ, surely we are to obey them, right? And what did he say? Do good to those who will spitefully use you. Do good to those who will punish you for it. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we are not alone. We are identifying with the sufferings of Christ when we suffer for doing good. Remember our assignments, which is another way of saying the same thing. In Mark 16, Jesus said, go throughout the whole world. Somebody said everywhere. And preach the gospel to all mankind. Somebody else say everybody. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Believers will be given the power to perform miracles. These signs shall follow those that believe. And here's the miracles. They will drive out demons in my name. We see that in our day and we see that in the text. They will speak in strange tongues or new languages. Anybody spoken in tongues in the house? If they pick up snakes or drink any poison, they will not be harmed. They will place their hands on sick people and these will get well. Now in the middle of that assignment is this strange statement. If they pick up snakes or drink any poison. Why is that in there? Is he telling us to become snake handlers? There are churches that do that. And they play games with with strychnine, but they don't mess with that cyanide. (laughs) They play games with rattlers, but they don't mess with those African vipers. I believe these are people trying to sabotage our furthering of the commission. People punishing us for good, trying to poison us. This has happened. And people have survived attempts on their life. So, in doing good deeds and getting punished for it, we've got to remember we have an assignment and there's often resistance we make. Often, we also, we should remember our reality. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, Jesus said in John 16. In the world you will have. Somebody said will have. Tribulation. Can we all say trouble? But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The one who is with us always has already overcome the world. So we are with the world overcomer. No matter what we face, it's going to be reality. Now, if you have a book of God's promises 
It's not a complete book if this promise isn't in there. In the world, you'll have tribulation. You don't have to claim it, don't have to name it, don't have to blab it, don't have to grab it, don't have to kill it, don't have to chill it, don't have to stick it up on the wall and say, give it to me, Jesus. It will happen in your life. Remember that so that when it happens, you don't go into shock. I can't believe God let this happen to me. When it seems like no good deed goes unpunished, we should remember our empowerment. There's more to us than meets the eye. Jesus said, you should receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth, Europe and America and Mexico and Canada, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We remember we have the Holy Spirit now. Maybe you received the Holy Spirit when you were a child years ago. Why are you tempted to feel like no good deed goes unpunished? Well, the rest of that power is, that promise of power is that that power is accessible more than one time in our life. Paul in Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Drunkenness never produces righteousness. You know, you're subtracting your IQ points. No good decisions are made while we're drunk. And I would think that would apply to any intoxicant, whether it's an upper or a downer. It's just going to lead to wastefulness in our life. But be filled with the Spirit. And this word filled refers to more than a one-time event. People get drunk more than once, don't they? Anybody ever been drunk in your life? Anybody ever been drunk more than once? All right. Anybody ever been filled with the Spirit? Anybody ever been filled with the Spirit more than once? So, when we're tempted to feel like no good deed goes unpunished, get filled with the Holy Spirit. When I get hit with that emotion, I find a place to pray and repent of anything in my heart I've got towards those that have treated me ill or not recognized me or whatever. And I seek the Lord with all my heart and courage, encouragement begins to come. The Holy Spirit begins to fill me. It's good. It's something that is our inheritance. Access that power. When it seems like no good deed goes unpunished, what do we do? Remember that our work pays off. We do reap what we sow in the long run. Once there was a farmer who sowed his field with hay, but then he got discouraged and planted wheat the next day. Soon he grew impatient and plowed the field again, this time planting pumpkins instead of that slow-growing grain. A few days later, he left his farm for good, driving his truck and shaking his head, driving on for hours, whining these words, I planted pumpkins and got yellow flowers. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked, Galatians 6. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. Why? Because it can get tiresome. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Somebody said everybody. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Can we all say us? So whether you feel like you're getting it back, sow your seed anyway. Cast your bread on the waters. And it will come back to you in due time. Now, if you've ever wondered about that verse, I always kind of wondered about it as a kid. You know, bread comes back soggy, and then one day some Africans took me fishing with French bread. And we caught catfish with bread. I can't believe he used an unclean fish to do an illustration. I'm a Gentile. Hello. Who knows catfish is good? When it seems like no good deed goes unpunished, what should we do? Now, this balances everything. Remember, our time is valuable. Someone burns you. You don't have to let them burn you over and over and over again. Paul balances things in his letter to the church in Thessalonica. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. If somebody's being lazy, somebody's being a mooch, you don't have to let them take advantage of you. For we hear that there are some who walk among you, yep, in the church, in a disorderly manner, not working at all but are busybodies. They're full of mischief. They're spreading bad news. They're being gossips. They need to get a job. Now, those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness, get a job and be quiet, and eat their own bread. Stop being a mooch. If you're able to work, get a job. Our time is valuable. And someone that eats up your resources is actually being unjust because those resources could be used to help somebody else that really is in need. He continues, verse 13, But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet do, yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. In other words, do not hang out with lazy folks. Do not hang out with people that would take advantage of you and people that will abuse you. Do not hang out with people that are busybodies. Just don't hang out with them. But if you see them, don't shun them. You know, don't pick on them. Don't become a gossip yourself and talking about, hey, do you hear about so-and-so? No, just love them and bring a loving word of correction. Hey, brother, you, you burned me, and uh, I don't appreciate it. You know, we, we paid you kids way to go to camp, and you went to Vegas because you couldn't afford to send your kids to camp. That's happened to us. Admonish him as a brother. This is the greatest point. When it seems like no good deed goes unpunished, what should we do? Remember this, it's not about us. Remember, our God is the great, I am. He's not the God who used to be or the God who's going to be. He's he who was and is and is to come. 
He told Abraham in Genesis 15.1, I am your shield and exceeding great reward. In Genesis 26, he said, I am with you. In Genesis 31, he said, I am the God of Bethel, or I am the God of the house of God. In 35.11, I am God Almighty. In Exodus 6.7, he said, I am the Lord your God. And he said this, Dozens of times in the Old Testament. I am a jealous God in Exodus 20, verse 5. 31, 13, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. In Leviticus eleven forty four. I am holy. Numbers 18, 20, I am your portion and I am your inheritance. Psalm 35, 3, I am your salvation. Isaiah 41, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. I am the Lord who makes all things, Isaiah 44 says. Chapter 49, he says, I am your Savior. Chapter 60, I am your Redeemer. Malachi 1 I am a great king. And in some places in the Old Testament, he said, I am against you. Sometimes our enemy isn't the enemy. Sometimes it's God because we've got some things to get right in our life. In Revelation, he said, I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. The writer of Hebrews, he's, through him he says, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. As the praise team comes forward, I want to read the words of this prayer and actually pray it. To the great I am. Lord, I, I want to be close, close to your side. So heaven is real and death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing to one, hallelujah, holy, holy, God Almighty, the great I am. Who is worthy? There is none beside thee. Oh.